$10 billion. That amount is the total earnings at the global movie box office for the Star Wars franchise. See, with their $10 billion in global movie ticket sales, it's the second highest grossing film franchise only behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's just take a quick poll for everybody in the room, and if you're online, you can type your answer in the chat window. But a quick poll, raise your hand if you've seen any of the Star Wars movies. All right, that's a good number of people in this room. See, this movie franchise is beloved by all because it's been released through multiple generations, and that allowed fans at multiple times throughout the past number of decades to enter in the franchise at different points and begun to love the film. This is a phrase that's constantly said throughout the movies, and many of you probably know this phrase, and this phrase is this, may the force be with you. Good. This phrase is the core journey that's said by many of the characters, right? It's said to people to mean good luck or goodwill. In the Star Wars movies, the franchise, the force, is this mysterious energy field created by life that binds the galaxy together. Harnessing the power of the Force, it gives the Jedi and the Sith and other sensitive people to the spiritual energy extraordinary abilities. They can like levitate objects, they can trick people with their minds, and they can see things before they happen. While the Force grants users powerful abilities, it also directs their actions. The Force in the Star Wars uh, universe is a mystery, but all the people do know is that it goes with someone and gives them special powers. You know what? I think uh, Yoda explains this best. Let's check out this clip from Yoda talking about the Force to Luke Skywalker. I can't. It's too big. Size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size, do you? Hmm? and where you should not. For my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings though we, not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you, here. Between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. You want the impossible. I think many people feel the same thing when they think about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit to many people is this mysterious energy force that gives us power. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is much more, of an, more than it. It's more than a mysterious force. The Holy Spirit is a member of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit is not an it, but a person, a living person. One of the core doctrines of our Christian faith, faith is this Trinity where God exists in three persons, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is where God has given us this divine presence to live in us and to empower us. 
How we understand and how we embrace the Holy Spirit in our lives is critical to how God wants to work in us and through us. The Holy Spirit wants you to embrace his presence and to operate in his power. See, as important as the Holy Spirit is to our faith, feel there are many who fail to understand and fail to embrace a life filled with the Spirit. It's sad to see a Christ follower who does not have any understanding of the Holy Spirit. It's disheartening to see a Christian, right, who does not display any of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's disappointing to see a brother or sister in Christ who is not being used by the Holy Spirit. Perhaps that is you today, right? Maybe you're a Christian, but you really don't know how the Holy Spirit is active and alive in your life. Perhaps you always thought the Holy Spirit was, part, was not part of the Trinity. Maybe your Trinity was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. Today's message is called Presence and Power because the core message of the Holy Spirit's work is the presence and the power in us. Doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual journey, I believe that today's message is gonna resonate with you as we study the Holy Spirit together. Hey, if you're not a Christian or you're still searching on this journey, the beauty of this message, right, is that no other belief system or religion preaches this truth where we have God living in us and through us. That's what makes the Christian faith so amazing. We have this personal and intimate relationship with God that is unmatched. Perhaps some of you have grown up in the church and you're never really taught about the Holy Spirit. It wasn't really practiced or talked about in your upbringing. That was definitely the case for me, where I grew up in the church, but I never really understood the Holy Spirit into my later years. But you know what? There's probably others here who have had an unhealthy or bad experiences with former churches regarding the Holy Spirit. The danger some of you may have experienced could fall into either extremes of the spectrum. Some of you may come from a background where the Holy Spirit uh, is not talked about, right? Where the Holy Spirit is not talked about or any kind of gifting of the Holy Spirit was forbidden. It was all about the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, not about the Spirit. But on the flip side, some of you may have come from a background where the Holy Spirit's name was abused, where giftings of the Holy Spirit were manifested in careless ways without any biblical support. Hey, if you experienced any of these two unhealthy extremes, I just want to apologize because that's not the Christian faith. See, as we talk about presence and power, here's what I do know and I want to communicate to you today. See, when I read the Bible, I cannot see a world where the Holy Spirit isn't alive and active. Right? All throughout the word of God, all throughout the Bible is the declaration of the work of the Spirit in God's people and in this world. But also, when I see evidences of the Holy Spirit, I always need to take what I experience and have that grounded in Scripture. See, you can't have one without the other. See, if you believe in the Bible, you have to believe in the workings of the Holy Spirit. And if you believe in the workings of the Holy Spirit, you have to believe in the foundational truth of God's word. So 
Now that we kind of laid some ground rules, we're gonna come into our first scripture passage. So if you have your Bible or even app with the Bible on it, we're gonna go to John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. John 14, verses 16 and 17. Hey, before we read this passage, let me kind of set the stage for you. In John 14, we have Jesus, uh, we're dropped into a conversation Jesus has with his disciples. And uh, there was a lot of change that was happening at this time and they were, that was unsettling to them, okay? A few chapters earlier, Jesus predicts his death, then he predicts his betrayal, and then he informs the disciples that he's gonna leave them soon. Now, imagine how that might have felt. The disciples looked up to Jesus. They followed him. They were mentored by him. They give their entire lives to be with him. And now suddenly, he's gonna be gone? They were anxious. They were troubled and worried about what their future might hold for them. And that brings us to our passage in John 14, where Jesus comforts his disciples, and more importantly, he gives them the promise of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at John chapter 14, verses 16 to 17. Here's what it says. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Today's central theme, okay, is the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So let's take a closer look at our first aspect, presence. The Holy Spirit is with us. Jesus' promise to disciples and to us in John 14 it's that the Holy Spirit will live in us and with us. The presence and indwelling of the Holy Spirit makes Christianity different than any other belief or religious system. Faith in Jesus Christ makes us walking miracles who have been changed because we have the Holy Spirit personally dwelling in each of us. Jesus' promise right, to disciples is the ultimate reassurance. Right? Jesus told them he will give them another advocate Maybe some of the translations will say helper or some translations say counselor. The Greek word used for another means just like the first. So Jesus is saying that the spirit that would come would be just like him. See, even though Jesus was physically leaving earth, the spirit of God would be with us like Jesus would be physically walking with us. One of the biggest lies that you could believe in your life is that we are alone in this life. There's so many moments where we could experience this sense of loneliness or isolation. Perhaps you're single and you feel alone. Maybe your job is difficult and you feel you're isolated with what you do. Perhaps you move to this area and you feel alone. Or maybe you're just dealing with some struggles with anxiety or fear and you feel alone like you're on an island. Get this, hear this. You are not alone. It, yeah. If you are a Christ follower, no matter what you feel, no matter what you think, you have the Holy Spirit residing in you. The biggest lie the enemy can make about us is that we are alone and alone, isolated in this world. 
And we were able, and he, the biggest lie is to say that we have to navigate life's up and downs by ourselves. Friends, that is far from the truth. You have the spirit of the almighty God who lives in you every moment of your day. When I was a kid, I hated the dark, right? It was a dark room, dark space, couldn't stand it. It was very unsettling. I couldn't stand the darkness. My mom would all try to reassure me, right? That darkness was not a bad thing. It was just temporary before I could eventually see light. See, just because I could not see anything did not mean my world did not exist. See, often what we do not see, we automatically dismiss the realness of something. I feel we often do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit is inside of us, but if we don't actively don't see something, we act like it doesn't exist. Check out what 1 Corinthians 6, 19 tells us about our physical bodies. It says this, do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. God saved us for the purpose of making us human temples inhabited by his Spirit. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have an indwelling of God's presence in our life through the Holy Spirit. The passage says that we just read, says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. See, inside each of us contains the presence of God in our lives by the Holy Spirit. Think about that. How amazing is our lives that we can contain the presence of God inside of us. If I understand that the Holy Spirit dwells in me, then my belief about how I operate in my life has to be radically different. In the Old Testament, God dwelt within the inner room of the temple, a place called the Holy of Holies. That's where he made his home. And for God's people in the Old Testament, the dwelling place of God was the temple. Jewish believers knew that God was omnipresent, he was everywhere, but his particular presence lived in the temple. They further knew that because God's presence lived in the temple, he could at any moment manifest his presence there. In the temple, there's a room called the Holy of Holies, and that's where the presence of God lived. And once a year, the high priest would enter in this temple on the Day of Atonement to offer sacrifices for himself and for the nation. But just as the Old Testament temple was the indwelling place for God, so now our bodies are the indwelling place of God. The Christian body has now replaced the temple and is the new venue. The location has changed, but not the presence. See, the inner sanctum, right, was where the visible manifestation of God showed up. How cool is it that we are now the inner sanctum. Instead of God's presence being in a temple, God chooses to have his presence inside each one of us. You are a walking manifestation of the glory of God. But that's kind of scary, right? That is frightening to know that my body is a holy temple of God's spirit. That alone should affect our beliefs, our feelings, and our actions. What would change 
right, about your thought life if you understood that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? What would change about your heart and feelings if you embraced that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? And what would change about your behavior and your actions if you operated like your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? If the Spirit of God dwells in us and if our bodies are the Holy Spirit's temple, then shouldn't that make a huge difference between the person who has the Spirit of God living inside of him or her and the person who does not. See, when we do not allow the Holy Spirit to fully dwell in us, that could ruin our witness as we look no different to the world than someone who has not followed Christ. The presence of the Holy Spirit should radically change who we are. Romans 8, 9 through 12 talks about this radical life. And if you want, you can look, go there to your Bibles. And Paul talks about this radical life and what it looks like in the Spirit. I'm gonna read it to you from Romans chapter eight, verses nine through 12. Here's what it says. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, a Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of your righteousness. And the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death and misdeeds of the body, you will live. Just pause and ponder that word that was used in verse 12, obligation. Because of the Holy Spirit who lives in us as a Christ follower, we have an obligation, a mandate, a command to stop living by our flesh. My encouragement to you is this, you were meant to live by the Spirit. Too many of us ignore the presence of the Holy Spirit in us, so we gravitate to our sinful desires. Verse 12 says that you have no obligation to sin. You, sin has no claim on us. We owe sin nothing, and therefore we are not to fall in it. The Spirit and the flesh cannot coexist. Right? They both cannot have control of your life. And whichever one you feed is always going to win out. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us and we have the full power to be people who fully operate in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We've looked at our first aspect, presence. Now let's look at our second aspect of power. Power, the Holy Spirit who gives us power. After Jesus ascended into heaven, the central message during the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was based on power. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is power, and that power was to proclaim the name of Jesus. Listen to Jesus' words right before his ascension to heaven that he said in the book of Acts. It says this in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. Acts 1 is right before Jesus ascended to heaven. And later on in Acts 2, we see the Holy Spirit moving in miraculous ways in the lives of the people. This filling of the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of Jesus' promised disciples, but we, as we read in John 14. But the Holy Spirit's filling was promised long ago, actually, and prophesied in the Old Testament. Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 37, 14, I'll put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle in you your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. If we're truly gonna understand the Holy Spirit's power, we need to understand the theological significance of what happened in the beginning of the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit was active all throughout history from the very beginning of the Old Testament. But prior to the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit empowered people to accomplish God's task as needed but the Holy Spirit didn't permanently reside in any single person. So the Holy Spirit came upon people in situations as needed, but that all changed when Jesus told his disciples that is when he departed this earth, we would permanently have the Holy Spirit. I love Acts 1.8 because it reminds me that my reliance cannot be on my own strength. It cannot be my own ability, but in the power of, the Holy Spirit to produce everything in my life. The Christian belief is not a self-help, self-effort belief system, but it's based on one of power and strength from the Holy Spirit. I love large cities. I love the energy that a large city brings with the people, the city noises, and large buildings. Of course, I'm biased to the greatest city in the world, New York, city. Yeah. It's beautiful, right? Going there at night, seeing Times Square or Rockefeller Center. But as amazingly built as those places are, and all that money that goes into the buildings and the infrastructure, if the city doesn't have electricity, it's nothing, right? If there's a blackout in New York City, the lights, the signs, the giant buildings, it's useless. See, Without power, all that potential is wasted. I feel that's the same thing for us as Christians, right? Without the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives, we cannot accomplish what needs to be accomplished. We need the Spirit's power to do so many things in our life. Power to overcome sin. Power to overcome spiritual attacks, right? Power to endure hardships power to be a witness to others, power to speak, power to pray, power to be used by God. One of my favorite verses comes from 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. I love this verse because it reminds me that my reliance cannot be on my own strength. It cannot be on my own ability, but on the power of the Holy Spirit to produce everything I do. The irony of living a spirit-filled life is that we have to give up personal power in order to gain greater power, right? In order for me to give greater power from the Holy Spirit, I need to give up power of myself. But a lot of us are afraid 
to give up control, all right? Our human tendency is to do everything ourselves and to try harder. If we're struggling, we try harder. If we're struggling with our disciplines, we try harder. If we're dealing with kind of issues, we try harder. But here's the thing, no matter how hard you try, it's actually fruitless unless you give up control. See, as we talk about power, you're probably saying to yourself, Tim, I understand. I understand we need the Holy Spirit's power, but how does that affect my everyday life? How does that translate? All right, I'm gonna tell you three common areas that I see where the Holy Spirit gives us power on an everyday basis. First off, the Holy Spirit gives us power in our character. Holy Spirit gives us power in our character. Listen to what Galatians 5 tells us about our character. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This passage of Galatians 5 is often misunderstood because we see these things as a set of characteristics that we need to obtain and we need to check off a checklist. And when we read Galatians 5 and we see these as character qualities that we need to strive for, we tell ourselves, I gotta be more loving, right? I gotta be more joyful, I gotta be more peaceful, etc." That's not actually what Galatians 5 is talking about. Galatians 5 tells us that the manifestation of somebody filled with the Holy Spirit looks like love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because under my own flesh, I can't love the way God needs me to love. Under my own flesh, I can't have self-control the way God needs me to have self-control. But the beauty is this. I don't have to because the Holy Spirit gives power to our character. And if we live by the Spirit and we walk with the Spirit, the natural outpouring will be what was listed in Galatians 5. Too many times we try to operate on our own will, but eventually it cannot be sustained. When you find yourself screwing up and not exhibiting any of the character qualities that we saw in Galatians 5, ask yourself, am I keeping in step with the Spirit? The second practical way the Holy Spirit gives us power is the Holy Spirit gives us power in our prayers. Listen to what Romans 8, 26 to 27 tells us about the Holy Spirit in our prayer life. So it says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in our accordance with the will of God. I don't know about you, but it can be difficult to pray sometimes, right? Maybe you can identify with me where it's a struggle to know what actually to be prayed for. See, in my own weakness, 
I don't have the words to know how to pray for a person or a situation, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, our prayers have life because the Spirit intercedes for God's people. There may be someone here who's going through a difficult time. Maybe you find yourself in an area of deep desperation, deep depression, where prayers can't even come out of your voice. Some of you may be struggling with your marriage where you can't even find the energy to say a prayer. If, you know, if you're somebody who's going through a difficult time, know this, God sees you and the Holy Spirit knows the word of his groans in your soul that you have. The Holy Spirit searches the deep in our hearts and our minds and intercedes on our behalves. So when you don't have the energy to vocalize your prayers to God, the Holy Spirit sees you. The Holy Spirit knows you. And there is power in your prayers because the Holy Spirit searches the word with groans that we have. There's a third area that the Holy Spirit gives us power and it's power in our words. The Holy Spirit gives us power in our words. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 2, 4 says about our words. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. There are too many times where we put too much pressure on ourselves to get the words right. Maybe we're teaching a class, leading a small group, or just having a conversation with a friend. Some of us place a huge burden on our souls to always say the right thing at the right time. But the Holy Spirit is the one who gives power to our words. Your words have life and power. What you can say can bless and encourage someone else. Are you willing to let the Holy Spirit give power to your words? The Holy Spirit giving power to our words is something that still amazes me each and every time that happens to me. I'm amazed that the Holy Spirit would use someone like me to give power to my words as I speak. By the grace of God, I've been preaching now for about 20 years, and I get the opportunity to preach to crowds and churches of different sizes. I'm blessed to preach at churches with less than people, less than 10 people, churches of 100, to churches like Grace Fellowship where our reach is much larger. But what still amazes me is that no matter what size the audience is, there's, there's always one person who comes up to me directly and says that God spoke to them and what they heard was exactly what they needed to hear. And that's all the Holy Spirit, right? See, when I prepare to teach, I am believing that the Holy Spirit has words to touch someone's heart as they hear it. While God may not use some of you to preach on a Sunday, God has strategically placed you in your context for a reason. He's placed you in your job for a reason. He's placed you in your neighborhood for a reason. 
He's placed you in your social group for a reason. The Holy Spirit can use your words to radically change someone's life. Your words can have power through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is relevant and practical to what we experience on an everyday basis. Holy Spirit gives us power in our character, in our prayers, in our words. As we talk about power, I came across this quote from theologian, author, and pastor A.W. Tozer, who wrote the following quote in 1960 in his book of God and Men. And what he describes is needed in 2023, just as it was in 1960. And here is the quote from Tozer. He says this, we may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher platitudes as the things of the spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord and produce a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Ghost. There is no substitute in this world for the Holy Spirit's power. Presence and power. You are not alone. You have God's presence living inside of you. You are not under-resourced. You have the power of the Holy Spirit with you every day. You have more available to you than you realize. See, what would change in your beliefs and actions if you fully utilize the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit wants you to embrace his presence and operate in his power. J.A. Packer was a professor and a theologian and he wrote this book called Keep in Step with the Spirit, Finding Fullness in Our Walk with God. And in this book, he writes this about this critical, how critical the Holy Spirit is in our life. This is what he says. J.I. Packer says this. The Christian's life in all its aspects, intellectual and ethical, devotional and relational, upsurging in worship and outpouring witness is supernatural. Only the Spirit can initiate and sustain it. So apart from him, not only will there be no lively believers and no lively congregations, there will be no believer and no congregation at all. This upcoming Tuesday, March 21st, Grace Fellowship will celebrate our 30-year anniversary. Yeah. When I think about the faithfulness of God's journey with us, it's nothing about what we did and all about what he did. But more importantly, it's been through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit that Grace Fellowship can have a faithful ministry in the capital region for 30 years. Without the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, there's no way Grace Fellowship can be able to do what it's due by the Holy Spirit working in this church. Wherever you are 
on your journey of faith and wherever you are on your journey with the Holy Spirit, there is always more. The more you're willing to receive from God, the more you will receive. See, there's so much more that I need to learn and I need to experience. And if I'm gonna be a good steward of the life God has given me, I need to pursue the deep things of God. The worst thing we can do is put the power of God and contain it in a box of our own comfort. See, the Holy Spirit wants you to embrace his presence and operate in his power. So what do we do with what we just heard, right? I'm gonna give you a few items of how you could respond to maybe what God is doing inside of you. One way, by taking our class called Discovering Your Design for Ministry. If you wanna take the next step in being used by the Holy Spirit, on April 30th, I'll be teaching a class here at our Latham campus. And this interactive class is where we learn about how God has wired us and how the Holy Spirit has gifted us so we can further serve God. If you wanna sign up for the class, you can find more information on our website or on our Facebook page. Another way is being prayed for by our prayer team. If you really feel touched by God to your right after the sermon, there'll be our prayer team who would love to pray for you. Maybe you're not a Christian and you wanna take this next step into receiving God's presence in you. If so, I urge you not to waste this moment and receive prayer. But perhaps you are a Christian and you've really been living your life without God's presence and power. Take the opportunity to receive prayer by our prayer team. Finally, I'm gonna close in prayer, but as I close in prayer, if you're willing, I would like to ask you to do something if you wanna take a next step. If you'd like to be more aware and more open to the Holy Spirit's presence and power in your life, I wanna ask you to stand and just have your hands open as a posture to receive. So as I pray right now, if you're willing, and you wanna experience more of the Holy Spirit and be more aware, I can just stand and have your hands open to receive. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now with expectant hearts. Holy Spirit, we are thank you for everything you've done through this service and how you've been speaking to each person in this room. So Father God, with us receiving, I pray, Lord, that you speak to each one of us. Holy Spirit, may we feel the realness of your presence. For those of us who are struggling, Holy Spirit, come, come. For those of us who need to be aware more, Holy Spirit, come. May we be people, may we be a church who are changed supernaturally to who you are. May we be evidence of your glory. Jesus' name, amen.